Hey, good evening. Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. This is Travis Greer, your host for tonight. And as usual, I'm joined by two great friends of mine, co-host Paul Arnold up there in Dexter, Michigan, and uh, not too far away, maybe a stone's throw away uh, with a good pitching arm is Ernest Watts over there in Richmond County. I hear something. I think we still have listeners whistling to our intro tune. Stop the whistling. That's a catchy tune. Don't you guys agree with that, Paul? Paul, I want to. I want to thank you for that. Da, 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 and uh, yeah. And as I was mowing this evening, as I mentioned to you guys briefly ago, as that song came to my mind, I was doing some brainstorming for our, just getting a chat with you guys tonight. And that's like the whistling, as that, that that tune comes to my mind every once in a while. And I want to chase this rabbit here, but whistling is a. I don't know. It's a very enjoyable thing to keep your mind occupied. And I thought to myself, I was like, can anybody whistle if they're not really, if they're angry, can they really whistle? Like it's kind of feel <laughs> angry hard. Angry whistle. whistling. Yes. You, can, you can make people angry by whistling, particularly if you do a particular type of whistle to yes. Yes. That yes. will invoke anger. So whistling this, it calls women like men or women, women do it too. They whistle. They see something they like, but whistling's a significant thing in life. It brings happiness. Usually somebody's whistling to have a good tune in their head. And there you go. That's a famous one. But not everybody can whistle. Not everybody can whistle. I have not heard Paul whistle. Can Paul whistle? That was me both times. Oh, okay. I, I can, you do the, can you do the Bobby McFerrin? You know, don't worry. Oh. The happy guy. You're going to do the Bobby I don't remember how that totally goes, man. So, so maybe maybe one day we can... I don't know where you got that sound clip, Paul, but maybe we can all jump on uh, our recording platform here and do our own whistle intro to that tune to see if we can stay on tune. So maybe that's something we do. But nonetheless, whistling... Wait, 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 wait. You forgot the most famous whistle tune. What's that? Whistle while you work. Yeah. Snow White. The Seven Dwarfs. Yes. So there's something to that, right? There's something whistling while you work. It takes your mind off maybe the monotony of, of what you're doing. It brings about joy. Maybe you've had a, a, a joyful song in your heart. It just keeps you keeps you going. But whistling also in sports, guys, it means it means a lot. You know? Ah, Michigan. Yeah, baby. Yeah, right. you're going to have to wait a while to hear that for a couple of weeks. <laughs> for about a month now, you're going to have to wait for that. Hey, I was listening to local sports radio up here in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and this one guy was saying, I'm so glad sports is back, but I haven't missed a Michigan game for 60 years. Like, he's gone to every game, home or away. And there's other people that, you, when you go into the big house, there's so many people that had season tickets since, you know, they passed on from gener- generation to generation. The good news is you have a lot of loyalty. The bad news is you get these old cranky guys that take up two of the seats and you can't barely get in there. So what are they going to do about seating there? Because no, nobody. Stay by stay. So those guys who've been there for every game for 60 years, boom, that streak again. Yeah. No, unless, they, yep. unless they get a blimp or a helicopter <laughs> or a, a, a drone to lift them up and carry them over the field. Yeah. Because you don't got any – it's like – like the Cubs games, you've got the guys in the bleachers across the street. The Pirates games, they've got buildings close enough. And even the Braves, there's the, the big Omni uh, hotel where people are watching Braves games. But there's no large buildings around Michigan Stadium where you could just watch, watch them it on TV. Just... My goodness, I mean, you get a better view from TV, right? And you're versus binoculars? Yeah. Well, now they're going to let them uh, do the uh, activities out in the parking lot. The, uh, oh, Lord, a tailgating. Framework. Tailgating, yes. They're going to let them tailgate in the parking lot. Yeah, I bet Travis doesn't know where that comes from. Did you ever have a car with a tailgate, Travis? I've got a tailgate. He has a truck. He's got a truck. Okay. I've got a truck now. I've got a new Ford Ranger. I sure do, guys. I've oh, wow. The Red Pepper, and I got me a um, a Ford truck, so I do have a tailgate. Do you have a shotgun in the back? No, uh, I don't. Uh, I've got two great, safe car seats to transport my kids around. But, <laughs> okay. Uh, hopefully, this fall, we'll have some fishing rods in the back. You know, there we go. Soon. But and have then you guys- can do the Andy Griffith song. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
But uh, I wish I had a whistle now because whistling, as I mentioned, it gets people's attention. It, it stops the play in sports. And so Except forth. officials can't use whistles anymore. What do you So what? They're How using do they buzzers. stop the... Have you noticed? Buzzers. They're using yeah, buzzers? They're using buzzers. They're not using... Yeah, they're using buzzers, not using whistles. That's why you're seeing a lot of confusion with the games on TV. When penalties are called, they're little buzzers they're holding on their uh, belt that they're pushing, which makes the whistling noise. But because of COVID, they can't put a whistle to their mouth because they're supposed to keep the masks on to start with. But they're using buzzers, so there's no whistling at the ball games. Wow. that's I did not know that. I, I, I'm totally, totally new to me. That's interesting. Did you know that the NFL – Penalize uh, Peyton and uh, Chucky from the Raiders, both $100,000 for not wearing their mask at the game last night. They'll be the first of many. There are quite a few violating. Luckily, they got poor Andy Reid some spray for his little mask <laughs> thing so it wouldn't, because I know he was drawing up plays on his face shield. Because <laughs> it was fogging up, yeah. It was fogging up. And like, All right, you go this way. And uh, I mean, there's, there's, you can get the type of surfaces that don't do that. Yeah, I but, thought he was just uh, going to use his mustache I mean, like we, a window we, wiper on it. We can communicate. I don't know why they can't communicate with the mask on. We're doing it at our jobs. And, again, they can too, but it's, it's, I think it's force a habit. Hmm. It's interesting that Gruden apologized after the game last night. I wonder if, he'd, lo- I wonder if he'd lost if he'd apologized. But hmm. Since you win, yeah, you'll you'll – You'll cope with anything. And speaking of last night's game. It was a good game, wasn't it? I really enjoyed seeing the, the news, the stadium. What do they call it now? The Death Star. The and Death Star. The Death Star was victorious last night. It was not defeated against the, jeez, uh, it just left my mind. Saints. Saints. Saints, man. The Saints did not come marching in. It was a good game. Um, I feel the, uh, the, the Raiders, they, they're going to definitely put the, the Chiefs in the division up for a, a good fight for for who who wins that division. Would you agree, Ernest? Uh, check with me after they play the Patriots next week. So I, after, I, they, after they go to Foxborough, check back with me, and I'll tell you if the Raiders are for real. I was disappointed that the real the flame wasn't a real flame; that it was electronic. I wanted some giant fifty foot flame there. So, so oh, if you, the inside, yeah, inside the stadium, there's a huge, almost Olympic, bigger than Olympic size flame. And is that to honor um, Al Davis? Al Davis? Al Davis. I think like wow, that's quite an ego yeah, yeah, thing. Like the, bigger than Olympic a, fame to have. Yeah, I thought it was sort of cool, and um, yeah, I thought it was a great game. And I, you know, two years ago when Chucky traded away Mac to the Bears, everybody thought, oh, that was so stupid. And then he was stupid to take uh, Brown, Antonio Brown, last year. What a headache! And now he's looking a little bit better. He's got depth. He's got speed. Uh, his defense can hold people. Um, Carr looked motivated and protected last night. Um, but the game I even liked better was Seattle beating New England. I can't stand New England at all. I mean, uh, and I know Cam's on there. and Cam played a decent game, but um, Russell Wilson, I think, is one of my favorite players now. He is so good. Even though he threw a perfect ball, to um, the tight end, was it Olsen, right? And Olsen yeah, let yes. t- tip up in the air. Yeah. And it whoa, got whoa, whoa, whoa. Put that knife in my back a little deeper, okay, Paul, since that's a former Panther. Well, they're both so former Panthers, okay. both of them. But um, Olsen, well, well, it, it was his fault for ahead. the interception. But anyways, who do you like better than Russell Wilson as a quarterback, as just a guy? I mean, I think he's awesome the way he never gives up and he plays – Bigger than he is, that's an easy way to say when you're a short guy. He throws probably the prettiest deep ball of any quarterback right now. Now, sometimes because he, he doesn't have that strong an arm, uh, when he throws over the middle, he he gets he takes some chances sometimes. But if you're throwing deep, in, particularly in the, the uh, sideline quarters, he does throw the prettiest deep ball. He just drops it in there. It's not always got to be the strongest arm. Sometimes just putting it in the right direction. And and DJ Metcalf is just a beast, a wide receiver. He took the last year's defensive player of the year, Stephen Gilmore, and just abused him. And, and 
Metcalf was a second round draft pick and he had some behavioral problems at, at Mississippi, but they, I mean, he's six, four, he's two thirty, and he is quick as all get out. And he's, he's getting to the point where he's one of the top five receivers in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think Seattle, they've got a good chance for the, the Super Bowl. I know to Ernest, you said even last year and on last week's call about this time, you can't, you can't make much of early consumption, uh, consumptions, assumptions about what will transpire. But I, I really enjoyed seeing, I agree with you, what you said, uh, how he can get the ball, not so much deep anymore, but how he can throw that backside shoulder pass to uh, his wide receivers and just put it where it needs to go. And I, I, I enjoy nothing more than seeing that, that duo of a wide receiver and a cornerback and safety just beat it out and duel it out. And I, we saw that between uh, Gilbert or what's his Gilmore. name on New England? Gilmore. Stephen Gilmore. Gilmore. And Matt Calf, they just got into it. I, I enjoyed seeing that. And there's another example uh, with our former Josh Norman and uh, Odell Beckham back a couple years ago. I just enjoy seeing that. And it was a great game. It was a very good shootout. And we've been very blessed and pleased to see some great, great football for sure. And some bad football decisions, too. Because you think somebody would have told special teams for the Falcons. Oh, my gosh. You're the only ones who can touch the ball inside 10 yards on an onside kick. I mean, the Falcons can't finish the game. I don't care if it's the Super Bowl. Uh, they are the only team ever to score 39 points and lose a game in the NFL. Before that, a team that has scored 39 points were 41-0. and zero. Uh-huh. Since since the merger in 1970, yeah, I mean, and again, I mean, they've been a disappointment for the last. They have not been a consistent team since that Super Bowl loss, and it's time for the coach to go. I mean, yeah, I hate for anybody to lose his job, but this is the same old same old. And they're wasting Matt Ryan's career. Yeah, he's, he's 35 years old. They've mm-hmm. got the best wide receiver in football. Paul disagrees, but. And, well, yeah, and Jones is really great, but he's always double teamed. And still makes the catch. And, and then they got the kid from Alabama. Ridley. They picked up. I mean, they, Ridley, they've got great tools on that team. They lost their tight end. Uh, he went free agent and signed with the Browns, but that's a talented team. They are talent wise are as good as Tampa Bay. But right now, I think they're going to be a third-place team because they're handicapped by coaching. Well, you the was, only team that's coached worse is it, the Texans. I would disagree about that. Hello, Detroit Lions, <laughs> Matt Patricia. He is by yeah. far the worst coach. He he He's such a Belichick wannabe. He doesn't too, talk too much. He's a slob the way he dresses. And ever since he came, he's supposed to be a good defensive coach, and we've had a horrible defense. We can't keep the other team off the field. Every year, there's hot talk on the other radio stations up here that he's not going to last five games, that the, the Ford family is finally just going to pull the plug on him early. And it's so what hard to do in NFL to pull a plug this early in the season. All right, you want to give the stat that I gave you over the weekend? Go for it. The, the Lions set an NFL record. Yeah, yeah. They're the first team ever in the NFL to give up double-digit leads and lose four straight games. You talk about stabbing he, now. You, you talked about me digging deep, man. Okay, Jeez. well, but here's the sad part about this. Here's the sad part. Jim Caldwell, who they fired, I know. The Wake Forest coach, yeah. took you to the playoffs twice. I know. Had a winning record as a Lions coach. I know. Do you know how many coaches have winning records as a Lions <laughs> coach? I just gave it to you, Jim Caldwell. <laughs> and we fired him because he couldn't take us to the next level. Ugh. Yeah, oh, gosh. And why, and why do people, I, you know, I don't know why people hire Saban's assistants and Belichick's assistant. Because you're not going to get Saban and you're not getting Belichick. You're getting someone that worked under him. I mean, just because of their proximity. you got the same problem in Chicago with their coach because – he was on the Kansas City staff, all right? You're not getting the Kansas City coach. You're getting a guy who worked with – I don't understand this seven degrees of separation, and you think you're going to get the same results. Owners are the dumbest people. <laughs> they really are. They, they, they're great at their particular business. They operate. 
But when they get in the football, they know nothing. Travis, nothing. is there any hope for your Panthers? How long is this head coach going to last? Uh, <laughs> he got a seven-year contract. He's going to be here a while. He's going to be there a while. And I think with uh, our owner, Tepper, he is vested. He gave kind of what he came in, bought into, so you will. He gave some time. He cleaned house. He's vested in his his staff, I believe, and as Ernest had mentioned, we're we're rebuilding, you know. And and you, I was listening to the podcast from last week, and Paul, as as I mentioned, you jinxed us, and uh, you <laughs> wait said, a second, how did said, I jinx you? You said, you said if he was talking Panthers with Ernest, and he said Ernest, if if you guys lose Ms. McCaffrey, McCaffrey, you're in deep doo doo. And I texted you back the other day. I said, Paul, you jinxed us. We're ankle deep in doo-doo because McCaffrey got hurt this week uh, with an ankle injury scoring a touchdown. And um, as that, as I allude to that, you know, there's a lot of terrific things and terrible things that happened in week two. Because we hear of kids. We've all had kids. and You know, you guys got grandkids. We hear the terrible twos. Okay. Terrible twos aren't that bad, but there are some terrible things that did happen in week two. And one of those were for the Panthers uh, of losing uh, our, our chief guy in the backfield, Christian McCaffrey. But another, I'm going to give you a silver lining thing. of that, though. Quick. Hey, running okay. backs have limited good years. If McCaffrey on this year, which you're not going to go anywhere in this year anyways, if he rests up this year, he's got more to give for you guys in the future. Can't you see? Isn't that a good point? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've gone from five potential wins to three. So this is not really good. <laughs> it's you good for your draft picks. Let's but, talk yeah, 49ers. That's what I was going to bring up, the terribleness of the injuries in week two, how Ernest, as you was about to mention up, that the three knee injuries in the ankle of 49ers, I mean, we've just been a record of, like, knee injuries in week two. It's terrible. Tell, tell, I mean, tell us more about that. How would that impact our Super Bowl runner-up champions, so you will, the 49ers? Well, for starters, I guess preseason was more important than everybody thought there were preseason games. Exactly. Um, you're losing Bosa for the year. You've lost another defensive lineman. Garoppolo's got a similar ankle, high ankle sprain, very similar to what McCaffrey has. So you're looking four to six weeks. They're in a division where Arizona's a lot better than they were last year. The Rams have rebounded. And the Rams look very good. And we've just sung the praises of Seattle. So you could easily see Frisco go from first to worst very easy. They get behind the ball there. I mean, that's that's probably – I used to say the NFC South was, was the toughest division. And, again, the Saints and Tampa Bay are going to be very good. But right now I'd have to say the NFC West is the best division in football, top to bottom. I think Arizona is legitimate. And uh, I think Seattle's one of the my top two teams in the NFC right now, them and the Saints. Hmm. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, it's just a terrible time with the injuries, especially. And I, as Paul, you mentioned it, the silver lining to it, some of these injuries. You get new people, younger experience, get the time to shine, time to rest up. It's an unusual year anyways. So, But I think about uh, McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley, how, how brutally they just run the ball and now how they're – especially McCaffrey, how he takes 90-plus percentage snaps on the field, and he's just – my thinking is he can't take that beating no. for so long. Yeah. It's no like matter how good a shape he is. And plus, wouldn't you rather yeah. have his injury than Barkley's? Barkley tore his ACL. I mean, yeah. and these days he can come back from it. Yeah, that used to be a career ender. Look at what happened to Gail Sayers. Right, but nowadays even Peterson for the Lions is running pretty good after his surgeries, but uh, McCaffrey, high ankle, he takes four weeks off, he comes back. Um, I think he's got good another three, four years for you guys and and just rest him up this year. Now, I also love the game with the Chiefs versus Chargers. Did you guys see that game? Saw the last ten minutes of it. Oh, it no. was back and forth all along. Chargers were amazing. Their defense was confusing Kansas City. They came out dull. But, you know, you can't keep a good Mahomes down. And he came back and was throwing the ball well. But it was the kicker. And, Ernest, I asked you the other day, I said, isn't it true with all the gambling sports that there's a temptation for the players to be bought and they would tip a game? And he said, no, the officials. And I'm not kidding. I was watching in the Chargers game, and there was 
penalty after penalty, flag after flag against the Chiefs. I'm not kidding. There's like four or five. And I felt like, wow, this seems like it's being thrown almost. And the Chiefs, if they didn't have a kicker who could hit three 58-yard field goals in one game and not miss one of them, I mean, they wouldn't have won that game. You know the inside story to that kicker, Harrison Butker, who came from Georgia Tech? He was actually cut by the Panthers. They kept Gano, which who they cut over this summer, last summer. Now we have an inconsistent kicker, but we let but- Butker go. We had him for the Panthers three years ago. What a great football name, though, Butker. Butker, Butker. Uh, and, and you know, back to the Panthers. Just let me say one thing. Uh, the one thing I've been impressed about these two games, even though they're losses, and like I said, we'll probably get anywhere from five to three wins, is the effort has been there. And, and they're a young team. They don't have talent to put out effort. And they've been in a situation where they could win or tie with two minutes left to go in both games. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the, the talent's not there by no means, but I like a lot of the things I, I'm seeing uh, the coach do. Matt Rule, I think, will be okay. I mean, he's been given a seven years so he can relax. But, but, and I told it to you last week, Paul, and I've told, I've had to settle down a lot of the Panthers coach. We're in a division with a 45 year old quarterback, a 40 year old quarterback who looks washed so far, and a 35 year old quarterback. We're, we're waiting. Our time's coming. It may be two or three years, but we're rebuilding. Yeah. I think Ernest, so. This Panthers game, you mentioned, um, you know, we were texting back and forth a little bit throughout the day how the first half was just blah. Then you said you kind of went, had to go outside and do some yard work to kind of. <laughs> so, what did you get? Two questions. What did you get accomplished as yard work? And have you both, you can both answer it, uh, have you both ever just like kind of given up, you know, went, did something else <laughs> and just totally regret it and come back and say, man, I, I shouldn't have gave up and I, look what I missed? So, what did you get yeah. done in yard, Ernest? To, uh, the brickwork around the front sidewalk, I replaced it. I was just so frustrated. I went outside and did that. It's one of those little things where you, you saw one thing and it led to another work. So mm-hmm. it sounds to me like you, you created yourself a, a something to do. You took a sledgehammer to your brick wall. Oh, no, 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 no. I had a plastic runner running it. And I pulled <laughs> it up and replaced it with some brickwork. Something I put off, and I and I worked on the pool a little bit. Okay. Came back and it was a one touchdown lead. I remember texting you and saying, "What happened?" We, we looked horrible in the first half in both games. I say we, like I mean paid, <laughs> like I mean paid for the team. But we're become a second half team, and again, that's that's adjustments at halftime. So mm-hmm. there's some good signs. I mean, because I yeah. listen, there are a lot of teams in a lot worse situations. We have a plan. The Falcons don't have a plan. The Lions do not have a plan. I'm not so sure the Dolphins have a plan. There are a lot of teams that that, uh, I really question what the Jets do not have a plan. The Giants' plan ended when their running back went down to an injury. But uh, we have a plan. So I may may not be alive when it finishes, but there's a plan. (laughs) So answer part B to the question, Ernest. I know you and I have been to a few sporting events. Oh, yeah. Our our team were cheered on. They're you're going to win, and sometimes you know I've I've done it before. Hey, let's let's go ahead and beat the crowd. Let's leave early. Well, well here's, here's the worst. I'll give you the worst. Yeah. Uh, and it was a game I had no rooting interest. This was when Peyton was playing for Tennessee, and I was watching Tennessee and Florida. And that used to be the big rivalry in the late '80s, early '90s, and they had like a three touchdown lead in Florida. And my neighbor had a big birthday party, a big pig picking, and the whole neighborhood was there. So I left, and it was like. Uh, 28 7 Tennessee at halftime. I come back, it's 62 to 35 Florida. I mean, it's like it completely went around. And ever since then, you know me, both of you have been to sporting events. You know, I stay to the last moment for that reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, Paul, I mean, and Ernest, you know, this weekend was beautiful. We've had a cool front come through. Uh, North Carolina, and obviously I was checking your weather up there in Dexter, Michigan, too. You guys had some nice, cooler weather. You guys always have a lower dew point in humidity most of the time, so it was a kind of hard weekend not to get out there, especially on a Sunday afternoon and enjoy the crisp air. But, Paul, what did uh, have you ever uh, 
left the game or kind of gave up on a game on TV and, and totally read it. Give us an example of that. So it's oh, it's go a ahead. Little... Do the Diamondbacks one. Oh well, that's different. That was late at night. Ernest is referring to World Series game when the Diamondbacks won it. We were already asleep, and David, my son, was a huge Arizona Diamondbacks fan. Um, some idiot called him up at the end of the game and said, <laughs> "Have you? Did they ever seen a game end so great? And Seventh game in the world. Yeah, I woke him up. So and that's when uh, what's his name was the pitcher. What's his, the big tall? Tall Randy guy. Johnson. Randy Johnson started Randy the game. Johnson, the yeah, came in after the game. They had Kurt Schilling. Uh, that was Mario Rivera blowing the only play, only game he ever blew as a World Series pitcher. Mm. Well, Travis, you were talking about sports that get to you so much you have to take a break. And NFL doesn't do it to me because the Lions have never done anything, so I don't have that much hope in them. And the Tigers, yeah. I they won a couple times, so I don't have that same feeling. But growing up as a Michigan football fan, that gets me riled up more than anything in the world. And these days, I will not even watch the Ohio State game at all. I get so angry. I just this is totally inconsistent with everything I usually am. I'm usually pretty even keeled and calm, but I lose all perspective and I start punching the pillow and I'm about to break things. And so I decided a couple of years ago, I just. I don't want to break things or lose control or break my TV or anything. So I just listen on the radio for the first half and see where it's going. And unfortunately, for the last uh, 10 years, by the first half, we already know where it's going. But uh, in my younger years, I would actually go out and break things. I was so upset with sports. So, Travis, have you ever been so upset with your team that you've gone out and broken things? No, I would say no, no, but... At times, I think when playing personally here at the house or as a kid or whatever, I, I probably have I don't have any fresh memories in my mind about that. But uh, but speaking of whistling, kind of tying it all together, whistling and yard work, you know, I I kind of when, whenever I just need to, to vent some stress and frustration, I that's that's my thing. Get outside, spruce up the yard, work in the yard, and enjoy doing that. And as guys, you know, I, I think you know this is a podcast for guys, and we do have some male and female listeners, I'm sure. But what, what's one of those got to have outside yard tools? I mean, there's or either <laughs> you are either you like a tool snob or, on any particular type of tool or brand. For me, one of my things that I've got to have as far as doing yard work, getting outside, I enjoy mowing. That's what I was doing this evening is you get, got to have a good mower. And I, I don't have one right now, but I used to have a zero turn mower. Mm. You got to have one of those. those you have John sweet. Deere. What do you have? What kind of lawnmower? I, I used used to have a John Deere zero turn mower, but now I have a Husqvarna. Ooh. Uh, you know mower. I got a pretty good couple acres to mow, but you got to have a nice mower that runs smooth, nice cut, keeps grass. Ernest, nice do you cool. know what color the Husqvarnas are? I bet you don't. No. Uh, Ernest still mows John Deere's. John Deere's green. Yeah. Uh, Toro's red. Husqvarna's are oranges. Oranges? Yes, orange. You know what garden tool I have to have? Mm -mm. You got to have headphone radios to listen to your sports. (laughs) I got to have a shovel to bury the bodies. Oh, Mm. wow. Yes. Mm. All right. Everybody out there in Richmond County, watch out. (laughs) Watch out for the lumps in the backyard. Do you hear the uh, helicopters yet, Ernest? Coming? No, no, no. All you right. got to put a little. You got to put grass. You got to roll the turf on it so it doesn't die around it. You know Chop them up that way you spread it out. Okay. Back to sports. Back. Hey guys, there's only a week left of baseball. Tell us about that, Ernest. They're what? still playing baseball, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, the American League. The eight teams are pretty much determined, but in the National League, there are eight teams vying for four playoff slots. And it's it's wide open, right? Here's the wild thing is starting, and it'll start next Tuesday in the American League, next Wednesday in the National League. They'll play, uh, eight will play one, all that. They'll, they'll line up that way. But they'll play best of three at the home field of the higher seat. Best two out of three. So if you got two, good pitchers you're in and then if you win that then they're going to put them in isolation they're going in the bubble 
And the American League teams are going to go to San Diego and the Dodgers, and that's where they'll play the divisional series. The American League Championship Series will be played in Dodgers in excuse me, the Padres stadiums. The National League teams will be playing in Houston and in the Rangers' new stadium, and the National League Playoff Championship Series will be in Texas Stadium, and then the World Series will be played in the Texas Stadium. And there'll be no days off after they start. They'll be just straight games. Wow. So there'll be no off days. So your pitching staff is going to get blown up. Are they doing this primarily so they can, you know, be certain and not there's not a hundred percent certain, but they can kind of manage and be sure there's no breakouts and as far as COVID and they can get this playoff series in. Is that why they're doing the bubble? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, they want to make sure the most the the contracts, the TV contracts for uh, baseball are leaning heavy towards the playoff games. And there's a strange quirk. Uh, the Cardinals are one of the teams vying for a wild card. And they have two games that were uh, postponed against the Tigers. So if it comes out whether the game is based on who takes the division, uh, they'll play a doubleheader on Monday, the day after the season's over. But if it's just on seeding and not who takes the division – they won't play those games, and they'll just go on percentage to t- determine seeding. They'll play two less games. I know there'll be a test on this later. Okay, hopefully you took notes <laughs> on this. Well, I took notes, and I do have a good, pretty decent memory. And as you guys were, were mentioning, just salivating at the idea of when sports will be back in uh, past podcasts, Paul and Ernest, you, you guys mentioned, you know, it's all going to come down to which team – gets hot and playing good at the moment in time, but even though they may not be in a, a high uh, priority team, kind of the initial season, Paul, do you know what team is getting hot now and has that chance to make the, the run for the, the world series independent? Well, you know? there's in the American league. If people haven't been following as much as I have either, um, Tampa Bay and New York are already in white Sox and twins are already in but the hottest team right now are the Yankees, eight and two, uh, and then right behind them are the Rays, and um, maybe this is the year American League pulls it out. Besides Houston, um, and then in the National League, like Ernest says, it's wide open, and the hottest team in the National League really isn't is either Colorado Rockies or Atlanta Braves. So because Atlanta Braves have one of the best records, I think Atlanta versus the uh, Tampa Bay Rays would be a nice contrast instead of always having New York Yankees or Houston Astros or St. Louis Cardinals. I've had enough of the Cardinals. I've had enough of the Cubs. Give me a super underdog this year because it's been such a strange year. Why not have somebody, you know, like you have the Nuggets in the NBA doing amazing things. That's fun. Let's do something different this year. Ernest, what do you You think? You may have it. It might be the White Sox and Padres. Padres have the second best record in the National League. The White Sox are second-best record in the American League, and they're fighting for the number one slot. Uh, it's going to be a team with great pitching. You're right. I don't see the Yankees. Garrett Cole has not been that effective, and they don't have a number two or number three pitcher. The Braves have the same problem. Uh, Cole Hamels pitched one game, and he's already gone. They've already kicked him off the team. They, you know, They've got Max Fried, who will probably get the Cy Young, and that's about it. But you need two good pitchers. The advantage the Braves have is they probably have the best bullpen, just like the Yankees. But without having starting pitching, I, I don't think – because right now the, the Braves are slotted to play the Cardinals. That's the team that, that beat them last year. And the Cardinals are the worst-hitting team in the playoffs, believe it or not. But uh, Wainwright's still pitching at age 39. But it's going to be a team with, with, like I said, great pitching. And – the Tampa Bay has the best pitching, so I think that's a pretty good shot. Them are the White Sox. The Dodgers always find a way of shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, for some reason, Kershaw just can't win in the playoffs. Uh, look at last year. The Nationals were a wildcard team, and they rode three pitchers to a championship. Strasburg and, and Corbin, and, and that that's pretty much – and they use them as relief pitchers and starters, so – it's, it's, you know, the we talk about in hockey, the, the hot goalie wins the Stanley Cup. You get two good starters that are reliable, 
you're going to win the first two, and then then pretty much it's it's going to be your bullpen. So you're going to see a lot of upsets. I don't think you'll see the Dodgers, and I don't see think you'll see the Yankees in the World Series. Dodgers tend to, like I said, be their worst enemy, and the Yankees pitching is just too unstable. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting. I agree with you, Paul. Let's see, let's see a underdog story and just some good, hard hitting, no pun intended, baseball. That's just two teams digging it out for the for the world championship and uh i do remember the last time i do remember the braves being the world series is many years 95 is when they won and i was about i think i may have mentioned it before i was eight nine years old then and i was out coon hunting with my grandpa um and (laughs) my mom my grandmother was back at the house we were back behind in the woods uh coon hunting she's my grandma back at the house watching the braves game I was getting scared. My my grandpa had to go in to get the dog in a thicket to tree coon. He told me to wait out in the field of corn, which I was, you know, children of corn, right? I was began crying. I didn't, I didn't want to be there. I, my excuse was, I just want to go back and watch the Braves game with grandma, you know? So he got frustrated, towed me back to the house about a half mile. Nonetheless, yeah, let's see the Tom, Braves in the Tom, World Series. Tom Glavin and Steve Bedrosian threw a one-hitter. A one nothing win. David Justice hit a home run over right field to win the game. Game six against the Cleveland Indians. Yeah. But uh, so, as Ernest, you mentioned, I mean, we're going to have a point in p- time and period that we're going to have uh, almost b- the big three, at least, MLB, NHL, and the NBA and, and playoff time all in the same time. So what's give us an update on the Stanley Cup finals that's going on. Who's Who's the team to watch? Well, y'all had me pick the lightning, heard me at the beginning, and I'm wavering a little bit. It's tied 1-1, uh, and that's a little because Anton Huboven was one of the many goalies which could not do the job for the uh, Hurricanes, so he wound up the Stars where he's a backup goalie to, to Ben Bishop, who's been issued. But you know, they got Corey Perry from the uh, Mighty Ducks, Radulov, and Perry and Bavisky and, and Jamie Ben. They're just a very physical team. And the Lightning's only faced one real physical team the entire playoffs, and that was the the Columbus Blue Jackets who who eliminated them four straight games last year in the playoffs. So, so Dallas just been able to really hit and 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 really abuse them to that extent that I'm kind of leaning for the stars. And I'm gonna I'm gonna check Paul's memory here a little. Oh bit. no, don't no no. I thought you were gonna say you're reaching the last, for the you stars. The last, you remember the last time the stars won the Stanley Cup? You you think about it, it'll click with you because it was a very famous play. Stars, not Glenn Hall back in the sixties. <laughs> you're talking Dallas Stars, not the uh, Dallas North Stars, stars yes. of the Minnesota North Stars. Oh, gosh, I don't remember. Are you talking about uh, Hull, Brett Hull? Yes, in the circle. And who was the goalie for the Sabres? Oh, Hasek. Yes. It was a controversial play in overtime, and a lot of people had gone to sleep. And it was game six. And at that time, the rule was uh, uh, that you could not be in the goalie's circle which they have made much smaller since that point, that was interference. And he got in there and followed up a tap. And that was the only Stanley Cup win for the Dallas Stars, who used to be the Minnesota North Stars. They were one of the expansion teams back in 68. Hmm. But uh, And the Lightning have just been so beat up. Their best player, Steven Stamkos, has not played since March. He's their best offensive player. Kucherov has been hurt. He's kind of been the second place Brady Point, which is the best center. He's been hurt. I mean, they just had injuries all over the team, and physically they're just worn out. So I, I, I know I said lightning, and I said lightning. And You're jumping dice. off the ship already? Yeah. It's one. It's stars. they're tied up though. Physical. One one. I know, but the stars have been just so physical. And they're they're a veteran team. Oh, and, Ernest, you know, I'm disappointed I, I, in the you. The goalie is shaky. The goalie is shaky. And again, Jumping the that ship. may be prejudice. Wow. That may be prejudice towards me. But but uh, it's it's been interesting. I've wore out my thumb because I flipped between 
the baseball, the football. Yeah, but what are the ratings in the NHL right now? They're competing against everything. Yeah, but but they're the only ones whose ratings aren't down. (laughs) (laughs) They were so low to start. Is that what you're saying? Yes, that's it. They were low to start with. So their ratings, I mean, everybody's talked about the NBA ratings are down. NFLs were down also. And baseballs are down. And I think that's kind of a misnomer because I think – all live TV, all television watching is going down. And yeah. People are cutting the cord. So when people come crashing and tell you, oh, sports are dead, no one's watching. No, no. It's younger people watch it through a different medium than than television and, and networks and cable and all that. So, yeah, hockey ratings are consistent, which is zero is still zero. No, I mean, it's it, and it's a shame. Because it's been a great playoff, and if you love hockey and you love the different styles, it, it's been great. It's it's fascinating that uh, uh, the commissioner says that they're looking at 2021 before it's starting back because they want to bring fans in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's saying at the earliest Christmas, but most likely January is when the the 2021 season will start. And the NBA is saying the same thing as we segue into the NBA. Uh, just today, Adam Silver said that he didn't see the next season starting before January, and, and he too wants to have fans in the stands. I, I think anything during this pandemic, you, you can't look more than two weeks in the future. No, you can't. I would gather hey, to say that I've, even I've, even the U.S. Open, the golf tournament, outdrew the NHL this weekend because uh, Bryson DeChambeau, who put on forty extra pounds and pounds the ball down there won the stinking U.S. Open, which is known for being a ball control course. I mean, Phil couldn't handle it. Tiger couldn't handle it. And I turned it in just to see if he would blow up or just not do well the last round. He killed it. He played well. He beat people by five strokes. So I don't know, Travis, do you think people should gain 40 extra pounds of muscle in the PGA Tour? Hey, uh, why not? I mean, it's – why not? Hey, I mean – I don't know about muscling through the ball, but at least, you know, you got a kind of intimidate looking guy out there and hammering the ball out. You know, I think that's pretty cool. Um, I think I remember who you talking about. I heard you talk about that guy a while back in the podcast and I Googled him up and said, yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty buff guy. But, and also, um, but guys, isn't he kind of a problem when he plays the masters and he goes over and plays the British open because you can't muscle those courses. Well, that's what they said about the U S open. This course was the course that, Phil Mickelson was winning, going to the last hole, and he drove it in the rough, and it was so thick, he couldn't get it out of rough. He had to another rough, and he bogeyed and lost the US Open. This course had just as hard rough, but this guy is so strong, and he's he's doing what Tiger used to do. You know, he hit it out past the trouble, and he's learned how to hit it out of the rough. And uh, he's putting. What's so amazing is such a guy who's so strong who can putt so well. That's so, you know, like if you, you're really strong, it's hard to have a delicate touch on a putt, and yet he's pulling it off. It's a, I don't know. It's just really captivating to me to watch that, and I have a hard time getting to NHL games until the third period. It's like it really doesn't count until the third period for me. Oh, you like, yeah. you're going to say NBA next. but the, Yes, NBA guy, doesn't count until the second half. But doesn't this guy kind of like playing the wrestling heel? I mean, he, he really likes to play the villain role, doesn't he? No, no, no. Why do you say that? Because he uh, because he yelled at a cameraman, and he just generally no, he reminds no. me of he reminds me of Duvall. He really does. Oh no, Duvall he's has, not that. Like you're talking about Duvall. I forget his first name. Who competed with Tiger a long time ago, and he was oh, yeah. a real jerk about. It. No, this guy's not a jerk. He's just a, they call him the scientist because he researches everything and he's so into trying to figure out all the numbers that he doesn't talk with his playing partner very much as he's going around the course. But boy, we fall in the same trap we fell in when the MJ retired. Everybody's the next Tiger. Roy's the next Tiger. Dustin Johnson's the next Tiger. And the fact is, these guys have a short shelf. I mean, they win a couple tournaments and then they disappear. Like Jordan Speed. Yeah, I mean that's it. How many next Jordans have we gone through from Harold Miner to uh, Kobe to all these guys? And like I said, they're just—they're not it. 
And, and I didn't say it was going to be the next Tiger. I'm just saying it was the most dramatic, compelling golf I've seen in a while. And I think this time of year when we had, can choose anything on TV, it's it was surprising that that grabbed my attention because it's like golf. You watch to see if somebody's going to do great or totally wipe out. It's that drama thing that goes on. And sometimes with hockey – um, it's rough and it's hard hitting. And that's cool, but until that third period, I mean, why watch it? Yeah, but you know, in hockey, they talk about what's the hardest lead to hold: three nothing. And when a team gets a three nothing rule lead, it's almost like you're anticipating they're going to lose that lead. It happens so much in hockey. I mean, like I said, it's it's the physicality is what I really enjoy. But again, though, I love sports in general. I even, I even watch some of the, the U S uh, tennis open, even though, especially when, uh, uh, Djokovic got mad and hit the lines lady with his golf ball. Uh, with his tennis his ball. golf ball. Ooh. Tennis ball. Was All right. Sorry. Still had me in tennis. I mean, we, you know, got it, which is the rules are the rules. I mean, we're at a point now we went through, uh, detox of sports, from March to June. <laughs> and now we're And gorging. now we're cramming everything in there. I mean, like every night I'm watching four games. Mm-hmm. I'm watching two baseball games. I'm watching a basketball game and a hockey game. And it's it's and what's gonna happen is come November when we have nothing, November and December, uh, I'm gonna be because now basketball's been pushed back to the first of December, college basketball. And they're actually talking about the first couple of weeks of college basketball playing in the same bubble at uh, Disney Wild World of Sports. So Ernest is putting out a plea for just uh, condolences. So come November, <laughs> you know, the time is going to be changing. It's going to be dark at 5.30. I'll be, I'll be watching Rudolph reruns all the time. I'll be watching Rudolph and, and Frost. So check and all in on Ernest because he's going to be a little bit depressed, a little bit. There's no, there's no new movies. There's no yes. pool. There's no movies. There's there'll be nothing. Nothing. Nothing except the Korean Baseball World Series is supposed to be in November. <laughs> so I'll be watching the NC Dinos and the Kia Tigers play for that's my big pick for the uh, Korean World Series is the Kia Tigers and the NC Dinos. And that's what people are tuning in to hear. Heard, heard it here first. Heard it here first. <laughs> but speaking of picks, I wanted to touch back on the NFL. There's a some great matchups coming up in week three. The two that I'm most looking forward to is their primetime games, obviously. But Sunday night, Packers at Saints. And Monday night, dun, dun, the dun, Ravens dun. and Chiefs. Those are going to be dun, some uh, dun, dun. top-notch games, I believe. Aaron Rodgers, he's been playing his A game. And uh, you got two AFC matchup between Chiefs and Ravens. What's your picks real quickly on that, Ernest and Paul? Ernest, Chiefs or Ravens? Uh, I got to go with the world champs. World champs. So Lamar is not going to pull it out. So, uh, I, 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 even though I, I really like the defense for mm-hmm. the, uh, uh, I like the defense for for the Ravens. I, I just like the creative mind of Andy Reid. That's that's a team that just has more and more tools. Can yeah. I put the third game in there for you too? Also, yeah, yep, one Cowboy, more. Cowboys Seahawks. That yes, that's going to be another good one. It it will be. It sure will. Now, what about the Packers at Saints? I know, Ernest, you mentioned last time that Packers could go all the way. Still too early to say, but you, you kind of chose them last year, too, as a top top team in the uh, NFC. And angry Packers. angry Rodgers is, uh, comes to play, doesn't he? They know that, that it drafted a quarterback in the first round a couple years ago. That's right. So, Paul, what about you, Chiefs or Ravens? I'm going to pick Ravens at home. It's a Monday night game. Uh, Chiefs barely hung on against uh, the Chargers, uh, and that's two weeks in a row on the road. They, I mean, they go all the way to the West Coast. Now they're going all the way to the East Coast. So I'm going to give edge to the Ravens, and I think Ravens feel like they have something to prove after last year. I do too. Uh, they were so close to just making it uh, past the Titans, I believe. Is that correct? The Titans? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I do. I do like Dobbins, the running back from Ohio State. They picked up. I think he'll replace. Ingram eventually at tailback. So, Paul, give us your pick. Saints or Green Bay Packers? Well, it's in New Orleans, and I doubt that Drew Brees is going to have two marginal games in a row. I know he's getting a little older. 
I think the Packers are not as good as they look so far. Um, I think the Saints have a little edge on this one. I think they'll come back and win it, not by a lot. It is the Sunday night game, which is interesting. Um, certain teams play up to that. I do think Aaron Rodgers does play a little better for big games. But uh, I think the Saints don't lose two games in a row. So I got the Saints by about seven. You don't think that the Breeze doesn't miss Michael Thomas that much? I mean, I really thought that was the difference on Monday night. He will, night's but Peyton is too good a coach to let that go two weeks in a row. I think he'll. I think they were too predictable in a way um, against the Raiders. I think the Raiders schemed it too well. And when NFL, the secret is not to be predictable. I mean, the secret is to keep on throwing wrinkles in there, so the other team thinks you're going to do something, and then you twist it just enough so they overplay it and. Um, that was supposed to be Jim Harbaugh's calling card that he could run a play that looked like something else and twist it just a little mm-hmm. bit so they would, you know, that's better than tr- throwing out something totally different is to have somebody assuming they know what's going to happen. Um, and so I, that's why I think Saints are going to win. Yeah. My concern about the Saints is the defense. I mean, basically the Raiders just pulled two guards and, and ran it down their throat. And, if nothing else, a defense has to be able to to stop the run because if you can't stop the run, then a team can do anything offensively they want to do. If if you give that up, you're you're, you're on your back feet. And they've given up a lot of points to what I think is a mediocre Tampa Bay team, and I think a mediocre uh, Las Vegas Raiders almost caught me, didn't you? Yeah. I, thought I was going to say Oakland, didn't you? I stuttered there for a moment. Uh, I just, All right, so that, we, that we, defense, that oh. defense for the Saints concerns me so we've come up on our time guys it's been really enjoyable hanging out with you guys tonight and chatting with you we we started off talking about whistling and we talked about nfl and uh we kind of finished up there talking about golf too and zoe uh not zoe fuzzy zoler he's a golfer he has a quote about whistling if the pressure is getting to you whistle in a barely audible way it's the best way i know to let go of tension music gets your mind off the situation and the act of whistling melts your tensions out of your body. So uh, all of our listeners, we, we enjoy you listening in. And if you have some tense times at works or wherever it may be, your favorite football team getting you down or sports team, make a little whistle, right? And uh, so we've enjoyed you listening tonight. So lick those lips, get them wet, and <laughs> whistle on with our uh, outro music on Pardon the Confusion. Uh, join us next time. We appreciate you listening. Mm-hmm.